the court. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, juggalos, juggalettes around the world. I got a very, very, very special guest with me tonight. This is not only the dirtiest man in the game. This is the guy that taught Ric Flair all his tricks. This is not only a future legend. This is a current legend, the king of this business. The one, the only, dirty Ron McDonald. Well, Simon, thanks for having me on here. Big shout out to the Mud Show Outlaw Wrestling Group there. You know, uh, I know you're representing them here. Um, you know, uh, I believe I'm a part of that group. So, you know, shout out to all the people out there in that group, you know, that really love this deathmatch wrestling, really love the gritty, the grimy, the underground that is professional wrestling. You know, that's what we do here at the OB Wrestle House and Fist Combat live every Saturday on Twitch, 7 p.m. Pacific. We got wild wrestling, we got wild characters. We got wild-ass commercials, like Ric Flair's Woo Cologne, you know? And uh, Dr. Isaac Yankum is a sponsor on our show as well. Um, <laughs> you know, we got the Diva Saudi Arabia. We got all sorts of funny-ass shit on there. You know, uh, Jimmy Snooker wrote a book, and he sells that on our through our website, through our show. You know, it's like, if I did it, you know, uh, so... We're all about uh, professional wrestling, man. I'm a lifelong fan. My mom was a professional wrestler. So, like, you know, this shit's in my blood. Been a promoter for 14, 15 years now. I'm in my 15th year. And, uh, you know, been a, I started wrestling in April 2000, St. Louis. So, you know, here I am living a fucking dream. Who, who trained Tune you? into our Twitch. Tune into our Twitch every Saturday. Uh, we, we do live music, stand-up comedy, all that stuff. On our Twitch at Fist Combat TV. You see that all right behind me at Fist Combat TV, at Fist Combat TV, at Fist Combat TV. <laughs> For sure. Oh, hey, listen, we're definitely going to plug it. What I'm going to do is um, now I'm going to post all the links to the Twitch channels and everything. We'll, we'll, we'll get what that we'll get there again towards the end of the show. But uh, you, you, tra you say you trained, uh, you started in 2000, started in St. Louis. Uh, who, who trained you? Uh, interesting. Um, you know, around that time, there was a big blow up in uh, professional wrestling, especially independent professional wrestling, you know, right around like, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s when, you know, I had Monday Night Wars and whatnot. So, you know, wrestling was, was at an all time high at that point, you know, and there wasn't a million channels that everybody had and there wasn't all the social media for people to, you know, to attract their attention. So, you know, wrestling was really big back then. And so there was this guy who was crafty, um, you know, no need to name his name, but he, he was real crafty. He was, you know, he was a big guy. Um, well-known in the independent scene around St. Louis and whatnot. And he started his own promotion, started a wrestling school. Unfortunately, um, there wasn't really anybody running the wrestling school necessarily. You know, we had people that were vets, you know, vets from the area, local vets. that kind of came in and taught a couple things here and there. But there wasn't really a consistent uh, instructor, trainer. There wasn't like a syllabus or anything like that. So you had guys like me, Matt Seidel, Delirious, uh, Diamondback Dingo, Mischief, Daisy Hayes. You know, these people that um, there were like 12 of us in that class and nine of us still wrestle today. And that was, you know, over 20 years ago now. So, you know, like whatever we, we created down there, um, stuck with us. Um, so I don't necessarily want to give anybody straight up credit for our training. Um, uh, Pete Madden helped us, uh, Kilke Smith helped us out. Um, you know, um, yeah, we got taught a couple things here and there, but you know what, honestly, a lot of us, all of us, for the most part, did backyard wrestling back then. So, you know, like we were taking what we saw on TV and, you know, and, and, and applying it. So 
you know, and then we took what we learned at wrestling school and went back to our backyard friends and we were teaching them that shit. So, you know, like there are a lot of us that are still a part of wrestling today. And like I said, you know, like 75% of us that started in that class are still semi-active today. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I seen like something, yes, when you said Matt Seidel, I think the other day I, I saw, um, oh man, uh, I, I forget his name, there's was, was a deathmatch guy uh, from uh, Neil Diamond Cutter. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 I, I was like, shout out Neil Diamond Cutter. <laughs> hey, so, so when you started out, you started out with basic wrestling, what, um, when did you start doing, how long have you been doing deathmatches? I mean, I started doing death matches. The death matches were always something that intrigued me. Um, tape trading back in the late 90s. I got a lot of FMW um, later on in some big Japan. Uh, but, you know, death matches, um, I, I think actually the first death matches that I really saw and were like really got me was uh, Strangle Mania by ICP. You know, I remember seeing that video in like 98 and it just, or 97 maybe even, it just blew my fucking mind. You know, not only because ICP was like cool, uh, you know, and like, cool and underground and, and that shit um you know uh icp really had their own vibe about them and i was like oh these cool guys are cool talking about chicken hunting and fucking you know three ring circus shit like that so i dug them and i was like oh these guys are wrestling fans oh they train to be wrestlers oh they run their own promotion you know like that came later but seeing the strangle mania videos of you know cactus sack against drunk terry flunk you know uh and and, and you know redubbing those um those fmw matches and, and uh, that IWA from Japan matches, um, you know, I, I saw that and I was like, this shit's dope. So I looked more into it. So I started seeing some big Japan stuff, some piranha death matches and exploding ring matches, and all this shit. And it really intrigued me because I knew I, I have a high pain threshold. So, you know, and I know violence, you know, is something that I'm like kind of uh, akin to. So, you know, um, I never thought that necessarily that I could, uh, you know, be the best acrobatic Rey Mysterio, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit type wrestler. Um, and I wasn't big enough to be a, you know, a Mike Awesome, a Hulk Hogan, a fucking, you know, anybody like that. So I, I kind of had to find my niche, you know, in any form of entertainment I've ever been a part of. Same thing. It's like I, I see what's um, missing in the market and I try to fill that void. Hell yeah. So, so would you say? So, would you say you prefer doing a death match over a regular wrestling match? See, it's all about stories, you know. Um, I love to tell a story, regardless. Um, I think with the death matches with my wife, um, <clears throat> not only do we tell a story within each match, the series of matches we told stories. You know, like she learned from the way she attacked me the first time to attack me different the second time, and she learned from that how to attack me differently the third time. So, you know, like. Being able to tell stories like that, you know, I think that I love all types of wrestling matches. You know, I can do, I can entertain people with a comedy match. Um, I can entertain people with a catch-sketch can match. You know, death matches are my forte. I think it's something spectacular that really takes the breath away from the audience. And it's something that other people aren't willing to do. And uh, honestly, um, something that a lot of people that do it, you know, like, they could afford to tell stories better. You know, they could afford to have it look less like, you know, a uh, flea market, you know, fight in the, the dumpster area. No offense. <laughs> no, no, for sure. Hey, so. However, that Zona 23 down in Mexico, dog, I want to do that shit so bad. 
They wrestle on a literal junkyard. It's just dope as fuck. I see that. You know, my these you know these guys in this group. Uh, they they got me into. It. They started showing me. I was like, man, you know what? They do a junkyard, but I was like, why can't we do a junkyard here in America? And do it out here? Oh, because uh, lawsuits. <laughs> <laughs> lawsuits. Did, did you see that? Did you see that uh, six feet under uh, this past weekend? They had it on Friday. What's crazy is it was all death matches, and it was held in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. But the thing is, in New York, there's no blood allowed, which was crazy. Oh. So what the how they did, which is super interesting, is uh, they uh, they did a straight. It, it just looked like a straight bar fight, no ring, no nothing. They're just fighting in a bar. You know, I've done a couple matches like that. Uh, it's something that kind of started picking up a little bit, in like 2018, 2019. You know, um, I, I think it's a cool concept. Uh, you know. It's crazy to see where wrestling's come from since I've even been alive and been a fan. But, you know, really digging deep in the history of professional wrestling is something I really love to do. You know, I, I think my forte is kind of storytelling and building characters. Um, and so, like, that's what that's what I really pay attention to because I think that, you know, if wrestling was, and no offense to, like, people that say wrestling's a sport, sure, it's a sport. It's definitely sports entertainment. It's its own thing. You know, a sport is, like, a competition that, you know, that, that people, you know, uh, train for and, you know, there's, you know, it's a, it's a legitimate competition. What wrestling has an advantage is that, you know, you can get, you get to tell stories, you know, what's going on. So, you know, being able to, to tell those stories, um, you know, that's, uh, that's what I like doing the most, you know? So I, when I study wrestling from the past, I'm studying the characters, I'm studying the people that drew the most attention and why they drew the most attention, because, you know, Connecting with an audience is what our job is. So I think the people that did that the best in all forms of combat sports and entertainment are the ones that uh, find the most success, whether that financial or whatever. And that's what I'm looking for. So you keep saying the wrestlers that you study. So, so who, who are some of the wrestlers that you studied, you know, that, that, helped, build, that helped build that your character, Dirty Run? So, okay, um, you know, I've done, done a lot of uh, talking with Sabu. Um, who I consider a mentor of mine. Um, and, you know, like uh, what Sabu learned from his uncle, the original Sheik was the original Sheik said, take your, your top, your favorite three wrestlers and, uh, you know, take a little bit from each of them. And that's who, who you make of yourself. Um, and I like to think that there's a little um, Onita in me, um, Asushi Onita uh, from FMW. I like to think there's a little Sabu in me. And, you know, honestly, I think there's a little bit of Macho Man Randy Savage in me. You know, three people that I highly respect, highly look up to, you know. Um, uh, I don't, uh, you know, I, I never had met Macho Man, but I've had uh, a lot of experience with Sabu. So, you know, it's uh, amazing um, to, you know, really think about it like that. So, you know, like, think about who you like, and, you know, make their style yours. And that's what I like to do. Hell yeah. I mean, I, I could definitely see your Macho Man uh, inspiration, especially now. Uh, lately, I've been seeing you do your big, your flame, your flaming elbow finish through, through the oh, table. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a clean, clean Macho Man move right there. Asa, I, I got a question for you, and I, I know some of the guys are asking me because they seen part one against, I think, I think it was in Jolton Joes, if I'm not mistaken, when you fought Nick Cage. Part yeah. two was uh, back in the OB Russell House. Back, uh, it was back in, uh, I believe it was in, 
October or something around there? September 18th. Yep, yep. So you guys are tied 1-1. No, it's, it's actually not true. So the first match, um, we went against each other, and um, our match was interrupted by the current Fist Combat Tag Team Champions, the Dirty Birds, and we ended up turning that into a tag match, which I got pinned. But I did win my matchup against one half of the champions, Nick Lovin. The two weeks later, I had a hair versus hair match. I won that. So our first match said no contest. Second match, he's up one. So our third match, you know, I got to pull out a win. I, you know, I, I honestly, I'd like to see it happen. And I think that's something that, uh, you know, is definitely on my list to do. Um, I'm not sure his contract status and how exclusive he is with GCW having a contract with them. Um, you know, I like to think that our past business dealings would allow him to come and do that match again. But I mean, even if I win, which I mean, I haven't been able to do yet. Even if I win, um, that still makes us one and one. So, you know, um, Nick Gage, honestly, is somebody that I respect on the most elite levels. Somebody that uh, I, I, I consider a friend, um, a mentor, a confidant. You know, I check, we check in with each other regularly, um, you know, um, a time or two a week. You know, um, we're always, uh, you know, checking on each other's health. Um, and that, that, really, that really started after the first time that we met um, back in August of 2019. But, you know, throughout COVID, you know, we kept up with each other. I booked him out here, um, go against Slice Boogie. You know, like Nick Gage is somebody that I, I really consider um, a friend and a confidant. So, you know, to have somebody like that with that much experience in the game, um, you know, it, uh, it, it's a blessing. Well, what was going on, but what was going on through your head that, that last match when you went flying <laughs> off, off the roof again? I mean, I got fucked up, man. I got fucked up, you know, telling you the truth. Uh, like, I've, not, I've never had an injury that bad in my entire life. Thank God, knock on wood. I never had anything broken in professional wrestling. With as many stunts and uh, death matches I've done, I've only lacerated skin. You know, I've had some cuts, maybe deserve some stitches, but I, I've, I've never had any stitches from uh, a death match either. So, you know, like, I've been very fortunate in that. Um, and, you know, because it, there is there is a proper way to do it and to be – semi-safe with it to be able to tell a story and there's other shit that's just like grossly done and doesn't have a whole lot of respect for the art of it i don't that's my opinion um you know uh but yeah man i got fucked up in that match um you know uh, as much respect as i have for nick gage you did have to get the second gear crew aj gray mass warner um you know mad justice out there to whoop up on my ass you know so like he needed a whole goddamn gcw gang out there on me so like let's not forget about that so um, you know, that match, um, I was satisfied with it. You know, it got a lot of press, um, as far as like my, my matches go, which is like a couple thousand views. I'm like, dope, you know, like, um, you know, but fuck man, like I got fucked up. I, our first match, I liked a lot more. Um, the second match, you know, I was satisfied with it. The entrance was dope. The atmosphere was fucking way better for the second one than the first one. Um, but you know, um, I can't wait to do it again. I hope I, I, I hope I get the opportunity to be blessed in the ring um, with the king, Nick Gage, again. Hell yeah. Ho hopefully some people watching this, hey, we, we can make it happen. Um, and I, I don't think there's any place it's going to happen, but right here at Fist Combat, you know, um, 
being straight up, you know, I think Brett Lauderdale is scared to have Dirty Ron uh, come into GCW straight up, um, you know, because here's what's going to happen. I mean, they got a couple guys that are decent on the microphone, but I'll go in there and cut motherfuckers down like cherry trees, and I ain't going to lie about that shit. You know, Dirty, Dirty Ron is dangerous on a microphone, and then I get in your motherfucking head, son. So, you know, I'm, I see what GCW is doing. All kudos to them. Brett Lauderdale, somebody else that, you know, I, I, I like to have conversations with. You know, I respect him. I was totally respect what he's doing for the independent wrestling game, you know, running up in every town and taking it over. Um, so, you know, shout out Brett Lauderdale on GCW. But you know what? He's scared. He's scared to bring Dirty Ron out. <laughs> so, you know, um, I don't think Nick Gage is wrestling many more places than, than uh, the GCW and possibly this rematch here at this combat. So, you know, uh, shout out Brett Lauderdale. But, hey, man, like, don't be scared, you know, like, um, I don't know if I'd even accept the invitation now because, you know, um, straight up, you know, like, hey, hey, you know, all I want, you know, hey, uh, they're scared to get me on a microphone. Get me at a live show. Put me on a motherfucking microphone for a lot of day and watch your numbers skyrocket. You know, Dirty Ron is for the kids. Hey, so let's say they gave you the mic and it was about to happen. You, you say you checked out a couple of people in GCW. Who, who if, if, if and when it could happen, who would you want to face in GCW? Well, I think an obvious matchup is Joey Janela. Um, you know, Joey Janela is somebody who, you know, he, lo he loves his pomp and circumstance. You know, like Joey Janela um, is somebody that, uh, you know, has really done a lot as far as his ideas for independent wrestling. So, you know, uh, a visionary in a sense. So, you know, to tango with somebody like that, I, you know, I respect everything that that guy has done within wrestling, getting signed by AEW uh, for whatever reason. I don't think his deal is getting done. I don't know. I heard something or some shit. So, you know, hey, man, good for him. GCW's out here running three, sometimes four weekends a month, man. They're all over the place. So, you know, good on him. Um, you know, uh, I have wrestled Effie before. Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, that that's uh, there's a good matchup there. But, you know, like, put me in there with uh, Matt Tremont. Put me in there with fucking John Wayne Murdoch. Put me in there with motherfucking, you know, uh, Alex Colon, that's his name, right? You know, they're, they're the ultra-violent champion over there. You know, put me in put me in with any of them guys, you know? Put me in there with fucking Hoodfoot. You know, like, XW got smart. XW got smart. Rob Black hit me up. He got, you know, put me in there with the monster slack. You know, that that's, that's going to do numbers right there, you know? And you know why? You know why? Because Schlack is a fucking maniac. He's a monster. Schlack is one of the best out there doing it these days. You know, and I'm virtually an unknown, uh, you know, but you know what? You know what they say? You got to work 20 fucking years to be a goddamn overnight success. And that's what I'm shooting for. You know, am I shooting for the win? I don't know. Maybe. You know what I'm shooting for? I'm shooting for to make some motherfucking memories. And that's what you can guarantee. Anytime the Dirty Ron steps into a motherfucking ring, you are going to remember that shit for the rest of your goddamn life. And you're going to tell me about it because that shit is dope, man. I'm coming out there to put on a motherfucking show. So, you know. Good on Rob Black and XPW for bringing me out Saturday, April 9th from the Derby Room in Pomona for XPW's California 16-man deathmatch tournament. They got the best in the fucking game. Masada, Necro Butcher, Pagano, you know, fucking, you know, Sage Sin Supremes in that motherfucker. You know, like, they got all these guys. Shane Mercer, you know, like, guys, Matt Tremont, these motherfuckers are legends. Big F and Joe from over the pond, man. They got all these guys in this tournament. And you know what? I'm coming here to make a goddamn name for myself and let the deathmatch community and on this planet know who the motherfuck Dirty Ron McDonald is. Hell yeah. I, honestly, you know, I've been talking to some of the guys and the guys in the group and they, 
we were all singing, man, you and Schlack, you guys are going to steal the show. You know, it's, it's a, that, and I'm hoping, hoping we can see you in the finals. Who, who, who do you think, who do you want, who else do you want to face in that tournament? Well, I think there's, you know, of course, Necro Butcher, Pagano, guys like that. I mean, they're motherfucking legends. Um, but there's one guy in the tournament that I think without a doubt goes to the finals. And that's the only U.S. born wrestler besides Mick Foley to win a deathmatch tournament in Japan, motherfucking Masada. That guy is a legend. He is a legend among legends. He, you know, he's a guy that has been consistently out there beating the fucking shit out of people for a couple decades now. He's somebody that, you know what, anybody, like, getting in the ring with a guy like Masada is going to prove, is going to, you know, test the waters for me. You know, what kind of a beating can I take? What kind of a beating can I dish out? You know, a am I going to be somebody that's going to go out there and fucking and, and, and get murdered? Or am I going to be somebody out there that goes and holds my own? But let me tell you, put me in a ring with Masada, win or lose. I mean, I got, dude, a win, like, I, not even imaginable. But he, oh, getting in the ring with Masada and holding my own, you know, like, that's something that I would love to test the waters at one day. So, you know, anybody out there looking for a match where somebody's going to bring everything that they fucking got, you know, because that's what I like. That's what I'm looking at California like, you know, this is I got nothing to lose. You know, I got I got nothing to lose. I'm coming out there in a field of fucking legends of some of the best deathmatch wrestlers in the world today. Past, present and future of, of deathmatch wrestlers. And I'm honored, privileged to be in a tournament is fucking is insanely incredible as this one. But I tell you what, it's a grand opportunity for somebody to take that torch and make a fucking name for themselves. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Schlack. You're going to be that first person in the line, dog. Because win, lose, or draw. If you make it out of the match, Schlack, you're going to have trouble in the next round. And I know I will, too. If, I, if I'm able to slide past Schlack in any way, shape, or form, and trust me, I'm throwing all caution. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Fucking follow the rules. There are no rules. No God, only Schlack. Hey, man, no rules, only Ron. Pete Game, son. I'm unfuckwithable. And you know what? That comes from a, a mental standpoint right there. Unfuckwithable. Mental standpoint. Right? You ain't getting in my motherfucking head. Hell yeah. <laughs> man, I can't, I can't wait. Uh, I'm, I'm actually going to put, honestly, I'm going down there. I, I, I can't, because I was like, everybody's like, hey, let's go watch him fight. I'm like, man, you know what? It's not going to be, it's not going to be as good as being down there. And uh, hell yeah. Motivation, dedication. So I'm all about, dog. Yeah, I, I, I tell everybody, man, motivation, dedication is the only way to success. That's why like, I, I always say to you, man, like I, I see how, how much of a motivated person, how dedicated you are to this business. I mean, damn, man. You, Blood, sweat, tears. You took oh. you took like a whole a nothing what, what was and you turned it into the OB Rasa House, which is a freaking amazing venue. Thank I, you. I mean, I, I, honestly, for those of you guys that are in San Diego or in California, in Northern California, yo, come visit yo SoCal because honestly, we got the best weather. Yo, if you're down here, you gotta come down to the OB Rasa House every week, yo. Uh, seriously, so like for the what last year, a couple year and change, yo, you guys haven't missed a beat. 
Um, yeah, you know, we started doing live shows January 2021 down here at the OB Rest House. This place used to have a bunch of rooms in it, you know. My wife and I, a couple friends, tore out like 5,000 pounds of drywall, you know, um, and, and turned this place into the, the little venue that it is. You know, we've been doing uh, weekly wrestling now since the end of April last year, so we're approaching a year. Um, before that, we did every other weekend. Well, we do live scene of comedy on Wednesdays. We do live music on Thursdays and Fridays. Tonight, we uh, have a night off. I got two days this month off and tonight's one of them so um you know i'm here spending it with you uh you know so uh thanks for having me on and all that you know but um we got stuff going on here seven days a week you know sometimes well we got two shows on a saturday you know an afternoon show and then a, a you know wrestling every saturday so all that's streaming on our twitch at fish combat tv for the time being i think we're soon we're gonna change that to at ob wrestle house you know so everybody knows where it's at but you know um it's uh it's a, it's a privilege to be able to do this as a living. Um, you know, I found a way to make a living um, doing what I love most. It's uh, entertaining people, get them to forget about the craziness going on in the world for a little bit of time that I get to sing and dance and look like a dipshit, and fucking bleed everywhere, you know, all that, you know. Um, so it's a, it's a privilege and an honor to be able to do this as a living. Yeah, and man, like I said, yeah, I, I, I might see you a lot, man, but still, even, even though we're doing this, it, it's such a big pleasure and honor, man. I, I really can't thank you enough for doing this. Um, besides um, besides your, your weekly shows and besides the California coming up, uh, you have any other announcements you want to uh, mention? Anything uh, else going on? Yeah, you know, um, I literally just found this out an hour ago. Um, I, uh, you know, I'm putting some pieces in place to uh, fire back up the uh, the old edit reel on a pro wrestling movie. Um, oh yeah, I just seen you post that. Oh my god! Hey, listen, for the, uh, there's a lot of people out here and listen to this. Please educate us. Tell us about this project. Uh, let, let, first, tell us about it, and we'll, we'll get to the part how we can help you out too. Uh, well, you know the uh, so. Um, telling stories is what I'm all about professional wrestling and what other better way to tell a story through, uh, you know, a feature film. So, um, I wrote a film, um, uh, about the backstory and origin story of dirty Ron McDonald. And, uh, you know, it has a cast of characters like Rob Van Dam is my trainer. Um, you know, Victoria does a cameo in there. I got some other famous pro wrestlers in there. Effie's in there as the main antagonist, the bad guy. Um, you know, and, it's, uh, you know, I, I put a lot of money and a lot of time and effort into it, and we just didn't get done what we needed to get done. So um, what I'm working on right now is taking the footage that we do have, maybe filming a couple small things, but um, basically taking what we have and uh, editing it down to a short film, you know, 20 minutes or something like that, 20, 30 minutes. So, you know, like it's uh, a lot of money went into this thing, and, you know, it's unfortunate that we weren't able to do much with it, but you know, like we're going to, I'm going to do something with it. You know, and I'm finally going to put it out and, you know, and kind of put, get some closure on it. Um, not to say that I'm not going to do more projects like this. You know, I, um, I believe in investing in yourself. Um, I, you know, and I'm, uh, I'm a proponent of that. So, you know, like me telling stories through, you know, the professional wrestling medium is not going to stop, you know, like I've set myself up, I'm here for four more years at least at the OB Wrestle House. I look to extend that lease, you know, and, um, you know, we're hooked up for live streaming. So, you know, I think this is, you know, something that's going to continue to grow, you know, and as I start to fade out, 
from being an active wrestler, which is going to happen over the next five to 10 years for sure. You know, I'm 38 now. So, you know, like, um, no, maybe I'll find a way to extend my career. Um, and you know, tag team wrestling, something like that managerial, you know, or, you know, or just commentary. Um, you know, uh, you know, like wrestling just, you know, it's such a big part of my life. So, you know, like I'm going to continue with that, whether it's through, you know, film, whether it's through, you know, live streaming and broadcast and, you know, and um, elevating talent and, you know, helping to cultivate them as entertainers, not just wrestlers. So, you know, I love doing that stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I, I first started coming to the Obi Russell house March of 2021. Uh, the, fir- the first, I think it was um, Fredo. I, there was, I remember it was Eddie Eastless and uh, Ryan Kidka, uh, some kind of pro. Well, here, here, uh, what, was it the night that I punched that guy in the face? Wait, that, that happened a lot. No, no, like, a, like <laughs> somebody from the audience tried coming in the ring and I punched him in the face. Um, I mean, you would have definitely remembered that. So, no, okay. So it was the second show in March. <laughs> no, no, but like, and um, yeah, I, I, I see that elevate so many guys, man, uh, over there. Like, I, I see these new guys like Piranha, you have, um, who else? No, even like the Honest Johns and the Ty Rays, you know, and the Wicked Wicked's and, you know, and, and guys like that, and Love and Juice, you know, Rickster. These guys are really starting to get their feet wet, you know, because here's the thing, you know, when we were doing shows at other venues, I was able to have, you know, the possibility of having a larger audience. So the budgets are able to be bigger. Um, But one, you know, difficulty we have here is we have a finite number of seating here at the Hobie Wrestle House. And I'm not able to bring in all the out of town wrestlers that I used to bring when I had venues that would hold two, three, 400 people. So, you know, that's really where we're at a disadvantage here. Um, but we are doing wrestling every week. You know, we have 50 scheduled, you know, I, well, 51 now that we're doing a Thursday show, but you know, 50 scheduled wrestling shows on the books here for this year. You know, we did 45 live events last year, you know, even through COVID. So, you know, like we're kind of tied up a lot, you know, like we would often to do some festivals. We would often do some other stuff and it's not, it's not in the cards for us right now, you know, like, Put on so many shows, so you know, being able to cultivate this talent that's new and up and coming and fresh, you know, is uh, is something that I really love to sink my teeth into. Um, and you know, we're building the stars of tomorrow. You know, I always tell these wrestlers, I'm like, look, I want to be able to book you for a couple of years, and then I don't want to be able to book you. You know, guys that we were booking in 2017, 18, 19, the Brody Kings, Danny Limelights, the Slice Boogies, the you know, um, Sammy Guevara's. These guys are all on national platforms now you know peter avalon was our champion for a minute um you know um there are plenty of other guys that are just skipping my mind right now that you know were booked for us in 2017 18 19 they're you know national global platforms now darby allen you know we uh we had him out here um you know no i i mean you you have a you have a sick and amazing track record of, of starting like guys like you just mentioned all those names so kind of a little backtracking back to your, your uh, project. How can, um, how can we donate? How can we help? Cause I know there's still, you know, still money. I know, you know, fi- finances can still be added to the, to the no, um, you know, that's uh, honestly, it's something that, you know, I don't feel too great about, you know, there was never a route that I wanted to explore, you know, and it honestly just kind of like, I wasn't wholeheartedly into the asking for donations. You know, I'm, I've, 
I'm, uh, you know, somebody that doesn't really believe in credit cards, you know, like, no, they don't believe they don't exist. It's uh, that I don't believe in, oh, you know, did. spending money that you don't have. So, you know, to, to ask people for money, it made me feel gross. Um, I didn't feel proud. I wasn't proud of it. So, you know, like doing all those podcasts it, and, you know, it really showed me who was there for me. Now, and not even the sense of like everybody, not people that donated or didn't donate, people that I thought were down for this project that, you know, I was just, I was, I was surprised and not surprised at the same time. Um, but I'm glad I'm able to hopefully, you know, get something going and put something out here with it. Um, but I'm not going to ever ask for donations. I mean, I will sell somebody something, but I feel like donations is just like, feels gross. Well, how can we, because uh, I know, I know you got some bunch of six shirts, a lot of merch. Um, how, how can, uh, how can people buy, like, I know there's a lot of fans outside the country, outside the country, outside the States. How can they, um, how can they get your merch? Well, um, great question. Um, I handle all that stuff myself. So, you know, I really need to get up on one of these sites. I do have a shirt. I have a store on pro wrestling tees, but you know, I don't fuck with those guys. Um, you know, um, hopefully here after XPW, you know, one of these deathmatch ones won't pick me up or some shit, but you know, like I'm really bad at sending out merch and stuff too. Honestly, like I like to sell shit at shows, you know, like I'm busy, like, you know, like I do appreciate people wanting to buy stuff and, you know, DM me and, you know, I'll, I'll let you know. I do post when I have new shirts, but I'm really bad at that, that aspect of the game. I'm good at it when I had shows, you know, I, I sell merch at shows, but you know, not real good about mailing shit out, <laughs> but yeah, hit me up, DM me if you are uh, trying to get some some t-shirts. I, I put that stuff out every once in a while. Well, what are your? Uh, how, how can they? How can what, what's your socials? At Dirty Ron McDonald on all social media at Fist Combat TV at Ob Wrestle House, theobwrestlehouse.com for all the events going on here. You catch me doing stand-up comedy every Wednesday here in Ocean Beach. Uh, also part of the wrestling show every Saturday. Um, you know, we have a good old time out here, live music, all that. We're in all ages, DIY, do-it-yourself venue. You know, we're out here for the little guy. We're not trying to get rich. We're trying to pay our bills. I live a block from the beach. So I can paradise my sexy-ass wife and our cute-ass little dog. You know, I couldn't be happier um, to be living the life that I am truly. 16-year-old me would look at me like I'm a motherfucking superstar. And I feel like that all the time. Um, not in the cocky and, you know, arrogant, narcissistic sense. In the sense that, you know, when I see people out and they tell me, hey, Dirty Ron, I saw you do this thing. It was really cool. Or, I heard you tell this joke and it was cool. Or, I, I didn't know you were funny, you know, or something like that. And, you know, not only did I make an impact on somebody's life, even if it's the smallest impact, but now they remembered it and they wanted to tell me about it. Like, they should never get lost on me. It's just cool as fuck. Um, you know, so anytime, any, like, I'm down to chill and talk with anybody. Um, if it's going on fist combat and I'm running the show, catch me at the harp afterwards, you know, but you know, I'm down to sit there and chat wrestling with anybody who likes wrestling, you know, like, um, I don't want to suck my own dick, you know, but I turned down a bunch of podcasts, you know, because I just don't have time, but you know, Simon, when you hit me up and you were talking about them mud show outlaws, motherfuckers on Facebook, you know, I was like, hell yeah, let's do that shit. Hell yeah. Hey, listen, man, you know, I'm super, super grateful. I, I definitely don't want to take up any more of your time. I mean, all good. Man, um, man, I, I seriously can't thank you enough. I'm gonna put all your uh, all the links down below in, uh, from the video, uh, and that's pretty much it. If you got anything else to say, uh, 
Man, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. And you see, you see Mr. Biggles work walking behind me over there. Oh shit, I was gonna say you got some pussy crawling on your shoulders over there. So. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I hey, 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 smoke weed every day, man. You know, um, anybody's down for wrestling, down for dirty Ron McDonald, down for deathmatch wrestling, independent wrestling in general, man. I'm down with you, you know. Like I'm a lifelong pro wrestling fan. I saw every WrestleMania live. I'm a big fan of all types of wrestling, you know, and that's what's beautiful today in wrestling. There's so many different types. You can find exactly what type of wrestling you like. You like Japanese women wrestling? You like fucking deathmatch wrestling? Do you like the acrobatic shit? You like fucking, you know, Ring of Honor style? Do you like WWE style? Do you like old school Japan tag team wrestling? You know, like it's all out there for you. Lucha Libre, you know, um, European catch catch can style, you know, like, like there's all different types of wrestling, you know, female wrestling, intergender wrestling, interspecies wrestling. You know, and, you know, like, that's a beautiful thing about pro wrestling, too, and pro wrestlers, you know, like, I don't think pro wrestlers get enough credit as being an all-encompassing entertainer. You know, we're doing comedy, action, drama, improv, stunts, all in one take with an audience 360 degrees around us while we're sweating in our little fancy underwear, you know? So, like, the skills that professional wrestlers have is something that I, I respect so much, you know, because of all the skills you got to have. You got to be thinking on your feet and athletic all at the same time. You know, pro wrestling is art. Deathmatch wrestling is art. You know, it's it's the best form of entertainment that has ever existed. It's all the things that we like about combat and conflict and all of our primal instincts are able to be let out throughout professional wrestling. And even as an audience member, you can sit there and get wild, loud, and rambunctious and, you know, and interact at a fucking comedy show. Sit down and sh shut up. You know, at a band show, you know, like you cheer in between songs, you know, at, you know, at a motherfucking, you know, church, they want you to sit down, shut up and get 10% of your income. What the fuck is that all about? <laughs> Pro wrestling is a $20 ticket. Come have a good time. Yell at the bad guys, cheer for the good guys. It doesn't matter whoever's good and whoever's bad to you, you know, enjoy the show how you want to enjoy the show. Pro wrestling is for everybody. Hell yeah. On that note, thank you, man. We'll see. We'll see you soon. And we're ready for you to kill Schlack in California. Hey, 